My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to the Oddscast podcast. Here goes our summer series preview for the NFL. Branded last year, very successful program. I'm Donald DeLeo, alongside Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. You loved it. You said you wanted more. And so we're giving you what you want, also what you need. We're about two and a half weeks away from the NFL season starting. And we're going to start just cranking out division previews, just like we did last year with the Summer Series preview. That's all we do best. We just crank it out. Phrasing. So we're going to give you in-depth, deep dive on every single division in the NFL, things to watch out for, where each team is, any path to the division win for these teams. And then we're going to do a little bit of best bets. So I think last year, and, and speaking for myself, I know that Terry and I do the super contest. We didn't place in the money last year. Um, but we're going to be back at it again. Usually the NFL is, like I said, speaking for myself, my best sport in terms of ROI. And the beginning of the season is one of those times where you have to know what the fuck is going on. You have to know where teams are changing. You not know how to adapt, but preparing beforehand gives you a definitive advantage over the competition, over the books. So Terry, Joe, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to bring to the table, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. I thought we got canceled. (laughs) So I'm happy the podcast didn't get canceled. I I didn't know, you know, some unfortunate tweets were uncovered by one of you or something. And I've scrubbed, I've scrubbed my Twitter multiple times, like every couple of years, just Mm. because, you know, uh, there was a little bit of light backlash to the, the proposed Pat Tillman award that we were going to have, but thank God we never executed that. <laughs> Not saying I'm a bad person, just times change. Um, NFC East is where we're starting out. Uh, we'll do NFC East, AFC East, and these will be one-off episodes. But today, all we're doing is the NFC East. Now, this was the just – shittiest division in the NFL for lack of a better word last year uh they had a seven and nine team make the playoffs which is the first time since the Seattle Seahawks beast mode Marshawn Lynch um win the division you know the division was up in flux there could potentially you know if the Eagles allegedly and this is you know a Giants fan looking at it I am not a Giants fan but I'm sure Giants fans looking at it this way there's a very real chance that if the Eagles just didn't punt in the second half uh, in that last game against Washington that a six and 10 team could have won this division. So realistically a six and 10 team could have won this division last year. And we're now looking at this division and we're going to go, this is how we're going to do it in terms of analysis on every division. We're going to have Joe give us the odds for the division winners for each division as we do it we'll start with that and then we'll go through each of the teams kind of give what we're feeling additions subtractions things we like about the teams things we don't like about the teams while we go through each team i want to at least try to envision some sort of path for that team winning the division i know for some teams like the houston texans that will do in the afc south you got to have a good imagination to, to figure out that path to the divisional win. But I want to at least give best case scenario, worst case scenario for each team. And then kind of where we lay out, we'll talk over unders. Now we'll give our best bets for the division itself, but we'll go team by uh, team. I will say that there is a difference between imagination and delusion. Fair. I, I think that's, <laughs> and that's, that's what we'll talk about. I mean, if, if you have, a imaginative outlook on some of these teams and one of you thinks it's delusional by all means that's that's what we're here for so without further ado joe delara give us the odds pick any book because they're probably around the same um for the nfc east division winners and then we'll start in reverse order by not reverse order but we'll do by the by the ah, fuck it we'll do by by the favorite uh, all the yeah. way down to the to the bottom so what do you got 
they're generally pretty pretty close in most of the books. Like uh, I'll kind of give the best line that I can here. Um, the best line for the Cowboys is plus one thirty. The best line for the Washington football team is plus three hundred. The best line for the New York football giants is plus four fifty. And the best line for the Philadelphia Eagles is plus five fifty. Um, and that's what we're looking at here. All right. So the Cowboys of the city of Dallas, state of Texas, are the favorite to win the NFC East. This is a division I, I'm I, I feel I would feel remiss not to mention that this division every season is you gotta just know the history of the division. Um, and this is a division that has not had a consecutive team or a consecutive division winner uh, within two years, I think since like 2003. I'm going to look it up and get you the specific stat. It has been since 2003. Yeah, 2003, 2004 was the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb teams. Um, that the Eagles won back-to-back division titles. And then since 2004, every single winner of this division has not gone on to repeat as division champions, which is just absurd. Like, we're coming on on almost 20 years of that being the case. Um, last year, the Washington football team, again, won the division at 7-9. and nine. year before that, the Eagles. year before that, the Cowboys. year before that, the Eagles. year before that, the Cowboys. year before that, the R-words of Washington. So – you know, not only do you have different divisional winners over the last 17 or so years, you have name changes in there too. But I want to get your take on this, Terry. You are the king of takes. Terry takes is your name. Does the Washington football, like, am I just writing off the Washington football team as a student of history um, because they cannot win this division per that historical trend? Like 17 years is a trend. Like that, that's, that's officially a trend. It is a trend. Uh, I think you can, just based on the trend. Also, Ryan Fitzpatrick has never led a team to the playoffs, and this is his, like, 15th year. Is that true? Yes. He's never played in the playoffs. I think that's like a – I mean, whoever Ryan Fitzpatrick's agent is or whoever's doing his social media, like the – the media narrative surrounding Ryan Fitzpatrick is that he's like a proven like winner, fun guy, um, you know, good for the, good for the locker room. And is like generally around like a successful quarterback. And you're telling me he doesn't win, but I believe you. So. Yeah. I mean, look, they were seven and nine last year. They now as a seven and nine football team that I don't think they got terribly better. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably an upgrade over Alex Smith. Uh, but then you're gonna get you're gonna get the good with the bad with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know he's gonna throw three touchdowns one game and five interceptions another game. Um, but now they have to play a first place schedule against yeah. yeah the Bills, the Chiefs, the or Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, you're Bulls. right. And that's that's the something Hawks. to look out for. In and and we'll talk about this throughout, and it'll be kind of like a. Uh, aligning we touch on is that the turnover between years in the NFL is crazy. Like if, if there were and now there's an additional third wild card. So 14 teams in the NFL playoffs, usually with a 12 team playoff, you would look at maybe six to eight on a good year repeating in the playoffs, but usually there's around half turnover, new teams in the playoffs, things go wrong. Quarterbacks get hurt, you know, teams blow up. There is a lot of turnover, and and the schedule has a lot to do with that. So a team like Washington, who I believe was third or fourth last season heading into there, now gets to flip the schedule, plays good teams. And look, I we were supposed to start off with the Cowboys, but we'll just fucking start out with the Washington football team. I really like the makeup of the team. Um, I love Ron Rivera. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. Um one of my favorite things to bet is that Ron Rivera's zone where he's like hitting it like a 75% clip when the spread is between a field goal, either way, plus two and a half minus two and a half. I think we have a week one Ron Rivera zone against the Los Angeles chargers that they're hosting. Um, So I just, there, there are things that I like about this team, but I think that if Dak Prescott was healthy last year, I don't think, the Washington football team wins the division. Cowboys finished six and 10. 
you know, was the defense great for the football team? Yes. But defense is way more difficult to carry over year by year than offense. Like there's not a lot of continuity. You see it, you know, every few years where there's like a dominant defense, it's hard to keep that defense just hitting as hard and, and just mystifying offenses the next year. So you have a team that doesn't have like, like, oh, let's say I mean, also, I mean, the, the, the defense also played in a division with Nick Foles and uh, Daniel Jones and whoever the backup court, who was, I forget who came in Dalton. for Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, real murderers row. <laughs> I mean, like statistically, the defense was good. It wasn't just like, and and they did, you know, they were the ones that, um, really like ended the Steelers' run, like broke the Steelers. The Steelers were, I think, twelve and zero when they played. Washington upsets them, and then the Steelers just, you know, I don't know if Roethlisberger was seeing Ch- uh, Chase Young's ghost the rest of the way, but the defense was good, and then they almost like like they were competitive. I think. Probably, if you look at the tape, other than the than the the Saints game, the team that the Bucks struggled against the most in their Super Bowl run, and that was a playoff game in which Taylor Heineke uh, really came out. I think he has one of the best quarterback grades in PFF, although a very small sample size in that one game or the two games, wherever he played. So, do I agree with you? Yes. Like I think that it's very difficult for this team to come out and just have the same type of defense win three more games. Like I don't think seven and nine gets it done. <laughs> like if we're talking about trends, like a seven win team again, 17 games this season, a reminder for everybody listening and a reminder for our hosts. I don't think that gets it done this year. So they got to win at least three more games this year against a harder schedule with arguably a team that takes a step back. I love the team last year because of their offensive line. They traded away Morgan Moses to the jets. I don't know why, but on paper, their offensive line doesn't look as great. They add Jared Davis linebacker, first round pick add again to the defense. But again, the defense probably going to see some regression there. Um, And then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, like you said, never, never let a team to the playoffs. So, do I like the team? Will I bet them in select spots? Yes, but am I taking them to win the division at plus 300? Like, yeah, that, that entices me, but I can't go against the trends and I can't go against common sense um, in terms of just that team not being able to take the next step forward. Like, like I said, if they tread water, play like they did last year, that doesn't get it done, I think, this year because the Cowboys are going to be much improved if Prescott stays healthy. And I think the Giants actually are going to be a little bit better this year too, so. Um, I'm fading the Washington football team. Joe, do you have an over-under for them? Uh, yes, their over-under set at eight and a half. Um, the eight and a half over is minus 130, under is plus 110. Um, it's actually on BetMGM. It's really interesting because you can bet. Um, you obviously are going to have to do a little bit of calculating in terms of like implied probability associated with the odds. But they give you, uh, for almost every team, basically four and a half through 12 and a half and i'm sure for some of the better teams it's higher uh and you can go over under on each of those lines so if you wanted to take like under nine and a half wins for example that's minus 200 or over over seven and a half wins is minus 150 so you can kind of create your own situation here um depending on what you what you really think about this team i'm leaning the under there terry where are you at I lean the under as well. Where I can't even find is on BetMG. You got to go to team season specials. I will message you on the yes. side. So let's talk about what's the path that, like, let, let's imagine what goes right for the Washington football team to win the division. And does it involve, interesting question, does it involve Pat, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hurt or getting benched in favor of Taylor Heineke? Uh, no. I think the path is Daniel Jones doesn't get any better. The Giants just start fighting with each other like they did in that practice. And even though they don't win games because they're fighting, uh, Joe Judge is just turned on the entire year. 
Um, and then massive hard on. Yeah, no, he's got a call doctor. 17 weeks is a long time. Um, and then in Dallas, I would think Dak or someone would have to get hurt of there. It's just like, it's such a dysfunctional situation that it just implodes and their defense is even worse than last year. And just Yeah. And I think the Eagles are tanking, so they just have to just show up, I guess, every week and lose. I I think there is because because your answer was mostly based on other teams, and yeah, you got to look at other teams if you're talking about winning the division. But like, I think that there's enough talent here to take a step forward. I just don't think it happens with the quarterback situation that that we have in front of us. Like Chase Young, like could be like the next Khalil Mack type edge rusher, like the defensive line is just, you know, early, you know, late two thousands, New York giants, where there's four guys that can get to the quarterback every single play, every single down on offense, like Terry McLaurin. And I, they add Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys. There's a little bit more skill players to, to, to show for, but I think it's like the defense just gets even better and they have a better game manager than they did in Alex Smith last year. So I do, I think it happens this year. No, but I think they could do it on their own. Like, I think if the defense just is this historically decades top type good defense, but I think there is an argument to be made there, but I, like I said, it's a, it's a big ask for, for a team like Washington who doesn't really have much else going for them on offense besides Terry McLaurin and an above average now starting offensive line now that they traded away Morgan Moses. So I will um, say thanks, courtesy of Mr. Warren Sharp, that six of Washington's opponents have over a week to prepare for their game. And they have one of the worst rest ranks in the league. In terms of scheduling, not great. That's yeah, not good. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys plus 130. Technically finished third in this division last year. Uh, they were tied with the Giants, but the Giants had the tiebreaker. The Cowboys, the Hard Knocks team of the year. Uh, have you watched any of the episodes of Hard Knocks before we started? I have not. I've only seen highlights. The only thing that I've heard about it is that Jerry Jones ate a McGriddle and poured salt all over the McGriddle. <laughs> like that's just a man that can afford another heart. <laughs> that's just unbelievable. That's hilarious. <laughs> there, there's very rave reviews about, um, about uh, Mika, Micah, Mika Parsons. Their uh, draft first round draft pick. I think they got him top 10 fell because of some character concerns, but like, looks like, you know, uh, like a stud linebacker, just sideline to sideline type guy that's been kind of wowing in camp. Um, and like you said before, Terry, like the defense needs it. The defense needs some some rejuvenation. There is some pass rush here um, with Lawrence. He had an 83 pass rushing grade last year in PFF. Offensive line like was great for the middle of the decade last last decade, um, but has some injuries. Zach Martin now is, is healthy. Lael Collins is healthy. And, and last year it was like Collins, if he played, like seemed to be like the X factor. If he played, like they would cover. If he didn't, they wouldn't cover. Um, and then you had Dak Prescott who gets the massive extension, comes back from the, I think it was a torn ACL. That wasn't ACL. It was like an ankle. He like ripped his ankle in half. Um, but it wasn't good. Either way, it was not good. But they, they do have – in typical Cowboys fashion, skill players galore, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb in a smash spot, second-year wide receivers, which are my favorite uh, my favorite type of player to buy in fantasy. Um, and and CeeDee Lamb looks to be like, you know, that kind of player that can make, t- make that next step. And then uh, some tight ends and Schultz and Jarwin, and then whatever the fuck you want to do with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but Tony Pollard looked good too. Where are you at with the Cowboys um, and do you think it's kind of just Dak Prescott stays healthy and this team goes, this is going to fuck me up every single time, but go 500, but you can't really go 500 anymore unless you tie. So true. Oh, that's confusing. Uh, I actually like the Cowboys. 
they are America's team. They're probably going to be very public. Um, but like you said, if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, I think they win at least eight games, probably closer to 10 games, um, and make the playoffs and win the division. So, so I think he'll be healthy. Go ahead, Joe. I say I have a bet for you. Okay. It looks like their line uh, is somewhere between, somewhere around nine um, because BetMGM's odds are over nine and a half plus 105 and under nine and a half minus 125. You taking that over? Uh, I would lean, I would lean to their over. I think they'll win the division. I think they have like, they're playing a third place schedule. Um, yes, they have 10. I would probably wait till after week one. I think probably. I actually Tampa's- like them. I actually like them in that spot. And that's it's at Tampa, right? Or it is in Tampa. It is at Tampa. I I think the the and this is for our NFC South podcast. But I think the Bucks start a little slow, and it would not surprise me. And that's a big spread to cover seven. Um, I I actually like the Cowboys. That's but, but I get where you're coming from. They likely lose that game. Yeah, and I'm just thinking Dak Prescott, Rust, uh, game speed, whatnot. Um, the only thing you have to worry about is if they come out and win handily, you're fucked. <laughs> uh, also true, but yeah, so I do, I do lean the over, uh, on their win total nine and a half. I mean, I wish it was nine, but nine and a half is fine. I, I think their defense will improve a little bit, a little less pressure will be on them because their offense won't be atrocious with Andy Dalton there. I think that's something people while Dallas's defense was objectively bad, uh, the offense did nothing to hide the flaws of their defense by just sucking on offense and keep running them out there. So I think with Dak Prescott back, um, like Don said, CD Lamb's second year, I guess the question mark is Zeke. What kind of shape is Zeke going to be in? What's, what's his motivation? Um, but you got a healthier offensive line, hopefully. And I think you'll see, you'll see the rebound and keep the streak from 2003 going of no, no repeat NFC East champion. Yeah. I think it's more like, do I like the Cowboys like you do? Yes. I I think that there is a lot on paper to like. The only thing I really don't like about this team, because look, even though there are guys, you know, like you said, objectively bad defense last year, at some point, these guys were good. Like Lawrence at one point was one of the best pass rushers in the league. Kyle Vander Esch was one of the best linebackers in the league. Hasn't played the best of the last two years, but like how, how much of that do you contribute to just being on a losing team? Like usually those, you know, teams that are losing don't have guys that, that have good defensive ratings just because, you know, they're not stopping anybody. And a lot of that has to do with the offense. If they're going three and out punting bad field position, like they're not going to look good statistically. So I think that there is talent on the defensive side of the ball and more so. And I, and like I said, cause I don't want to just not give the Cowboys credit. Cause I really do like this team besides their head coach um, in Mike McCarthy. I think that they're just by far and away the most logical team. Like if you, if you're saying the Washington football team going to play a first place schedule, not going to win the division, I, out of the Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, like uh, give me the Cowboys nine out of ten times. And yeah, Mike McCarthy is a coach, and that's really you know that hurts you know <laughs> my confidence a little bit. But also, you just need Mike McCarthy not to coach. Like last year, yes. he had to coach because his quarterback sucked. In Green Bay, he had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have to do anything; just let him let the quarterback go out there and play. And I heard some comments that. Um, Dak doesn't like McCarthy or it doesn't seem like he likes him based on hard knocks. So maybe Dak just goes out and has an F you year. It's like, I'm going to put the team on my back and fuck you, Mike McCarthy. So I think, I think a lot of the issues come down to the quarterback and the offense last year. And like you said, puts the defense in bad spots, going to give them bad rating, take a little pressure off the defense this year. Offense gets going. I, I think they, they win this division by you know two or three games i agree i think i'm glad we're on the same page let's go to the new york football giants 
Um, and do we break Joe and Prusikori's heart here? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the New York Giants finished six and ten. Like I said, we're a half game out of making the playoffs, which would have been which would have been atrocious. Like like just an absolute embarrassment for a six and ten team to be hosting a home football game in the playoffs. Um, I think they would have played the Bucks, right? Yeah, they would have played the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, they could have won that game, you know? Get the fuck out of here. Um, let's let's go into – I want to hear from the Giants fans first. So as if we're talking about, you know, the, the, the thin line between imagination and delusion, I want to hear – You're talking about the, the thin blue line? <laughs> the, thin, the thin big blue line here um between imagination and delusion give me the hypothetical path to the nfc championship for the giants at plus 450 uh, either one of you can go all right i'll give you one one general theory and uh it's sticking out like a sore thumb because i was watching jurassic park last night you can always bet on chaos i still think there's no real order in the nfc east why not take the dog I love, I love that your initial thing is not like really anything analytical. Just chaos theory. Chaos. <laughs> um, I think you just have to hope that, uh, you know, Daniel Jones plays better or like continues to improve. But based on anything that I've seen, I don't have a shitload of faith in that. Um, so either that or, you know, Saquon Barkley comes back from injury, proves that running backs do matter and uh just absolutely dominates but i don't really i i just the giants the giants just they just hurt me um and i i think that you really just need to hope that you know some of the acquisitions that they made in the offseason turn out to be successful you know like they got galladay um i know he's been hurt a bit recently so and you figure if he if he's able to play well um and kind of be a big impact for for Jones, that would be awesome. And also, you know, if Evan Ingram figures out how to catch fucking football, that's that going to be a huge problem. Be, yeah. You know, so I, I think a lot of it really is going to come down to how much they can improve on the offensive side of the ball because you're just not going to win games. Uh, like their defense is okay, I would say, um, but you're just not going to win games if you can't put up 20 points. You know, I think last year they, they had like finally snapped a streak of like not scoring over 20 points and it was like 20 games or something like that. It was a sad um, number. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. So, I mean, you really just have to hope that what they've done on the offensive side of the ball is enough. Granted, I'm still very confused about why the Giants didn't draft offensive linemen. So, well, that's, that's the count. Like to me, I, I guess really the big, there, there's a couple teams where like the entirety of the team's success rests on the quarterback play um like just you know you can say that about most teams it sounds like a really stupid thing to say but like the team is i mean this is jones's year right like if he if he plays well the giants are you know within striking distance of the playoffs they'll probably you know go back with him again he was 78.4 pff rating which was good for 18th best quarterback in the nfl out of the 38 quarterbacks that have uh the requisite amount of snaps to be on that list not bad like but still not great um i just hope he's fully healed from whatever injury was plaguing him last year allegedly does does have an improvement from 2019 2019 he was the 26th best quarterback, 65.9 rating, so above a 10-point bump on PFF. I think the line is the big problem. Like, there, there's two big problems on this team, and you could say the same thing last year. Offensive line is still bad. 100%. Like, I mean, yeah. you're going to have to have Andrew Thomas basically take a massive step up as a starting left tackle and have some other kind of just – Miracle. Uh, you can say it. Miracle. <laughs> And then on the other side of the ball, like defense is okay. Blake Martinez, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Uh, James Bradbury, one of the best corners in the NFL. But the team has no pass rush again. Like, I, I, it's a team full of defensive tackles. You bring in Aziz Ojolari, who was their second pick this year, pick number 50 from Georgia. He can show some promise. But, like, other than that, like, you're, you're the, the, I will say that, that the, pass rushing roster 
on this team or the pass rushers that they do have on this team, Ojolari has to be the number one pass rusher, like just by default. And there's just no pass rush on this team. I can't say it enough. So we made uh, we made a pass rush deal with the devil in the past, and we're paying for it now. Yeah. So I really just I, I don't see this team taking the the steps needed to win the division. I I, I think that they can outperform if Daniel Jones, um, you know, takes another step forward and and kind of gets in that 80, 80 ranking. Doesn't you know stops fumbling the ball, stops turning the ball over. Um, but I just don't think the rest of the team, especially the defense is good enough to win this division. Do I think that they'll be better? Yeah. Like, I think like this team will surprise like, the, and they will be right in the giants land again, where they're not, they're good enough to like make fans believe and good enough to not blow everything up, even though they should. Yeah. Um, I think like, like that's where I'm at as a Giants fan, is that the Giants go, like, 8-9, and nine, but they make a late-season push after starting, like, 4 and, like, starting, like, 4 and... 0-4. Oh like, yeah, starting 0-4, oh something like that, and then they decide to re-sign Daniel Jones to a massive extension because that's what this fucking screams to me. And I just, like, I don't really think it's the answer. Like, I think we should, you know, get nickel on the dime. You know, and then, I agree with Joe. We're gonna waste all of our money on Daniel Jones after he makes a late season push to yeah. not make the playoffs. Like that's I, his, I, I, I know it. Put I it know in stone. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Do you like, want us? We should draft his contract. They're gonna offer him before they do it. All right, like, therapy session is over. Oh, how much do we owe you? So I'm going my, I'm going one thing, one one thing we haven't touched on yet is the fact that. Jason Garrett is still the offensive coordinator for the New York football giants. Fair. Big who, fair. Big fair. Great point. If he's still the offensive coordinator, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to take any steps forward. <laughs> um, again, from Warren Sharp, the giants ran the ball. This is without Saquon Barkley after he got hurt. The giants ran the ball 36% of the time in the, in the first three quarters with eight men in the box. That's the it's the fourth highest in the NFL That's behind so the Titans, 49ers, and Rams. The, who have competent the, running backs and play callers. The other thing too is is that like to piggyback off of your Jason Garrett comment, like I could also see even if Jones doesn't have an improvement, they might say, Well, we're gonna blame Jason Garrett for it. And I'm sure if we get a new offensive coordinator, if we just fire his him, ass, man, if we just pay him hundreds of millions of dollars. This will be perfect. I thought the therapy session was over. It's never yeah. over. No. It's never over. Um, any, I, like, the, the, the things that I like about this team, um, the secondary is is above average. Um, they do have a good rushing defense, like I said, because their whole defensive line is defensive tackles. Um, and I like their skill guys. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm a big trenches guy. And they have like one third of the trench puzzle in terms of offensive line, pass rush, and defensive uh, rush defense. They would have, and... they would have killed it in World War One. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, Terry, where are you at with the Giants? Um, what are you? What's the over under on this team? Uh, it's eight. like seven and a half. Oh, so seven. It's seven. Giants, yeah. So. If you want to take over six and a half, it's minus 165. Over seven and a half is plus 120. Um, and DraftKings has the round number, I guess. Where are you at with this team, Terry? Are you are you going over or under? Um, is it worth it enough for you to bet that over or under? And just give me where you're at with the Giants. I don't like the Giants. So if anything, I would lean under seven and a half. I mean, you're paying, you're paying some juice. Minus one forty-five. Um, but I just I I don't I don't see it in this team. They made big free agent splash moves, which generally never work out. Um, who knows how many games Kenny Galladay is going to play? If you're off, if your best player is running back, and you invested in wide receivers and the offensive line can't block, to <laughs> n- not give some lanes for Saquon. And two, not give Daniel Jones time. I think it's it's going to be a turnover fest from Daniel. 
and then factor in Jason Garrett calling the most conservative offense in the NFL. So I, I just don't, I don't see them doing well this year. Well, uh, I feel so, great now. So I, I would, I would lean the under, no matter how many erections Joe Judge gets. How about a train? <laughs> let's uh, speaking of running trains, let's go to the Eagles um, on, on this uh, NFC East. I. There's one thing I want to outline with this team um, is that, and it might go against like popular narratives, but like I'm an analytics guy and the analytics say that Jalen hurts is trash. And if he, there's not many quarterbacks that put up a 56.2 in their rookie year after playing a decent amount of snaps, second worst quarterback in the league, end up being competent starters going forward in the NFL. Was the team in a, in a really bad situation? Did they decide to blow it up? Yes. Um, but as you mentioned before, they might be tanking and just going for the number one quarterback in this year's draft, for some reason, Zach Ertz is still on this team. Um, even I think though he, he was... has to get cut. <laughs> even, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I I just think that this team is like your typical team that you could identify that's like clearly just not there and is in the process of transitioning from that old successful and not many teams can say that they they were in this successful you know four or five year run with a super bowl congrats to eagles fans that can say that but this to me is a clear-cut team that is in a transition period and i don't know how long that transition period lasts i don't know if uh, nick rock paper scissors sirianni is the guy that can speed up that transition period i you know he was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts who did do fairly well offensively with below par skill guys and below par quarterback play, in my opinion. So there is some, you know, if we're talking about a path for the Philadelphia Eagles to win and not, not just win, but just compete in this division, it's that Nick Sirianni is somehow a great head coach and, and like an offensive savant, which I don't know if you can see, you know, if you can make that case. I mean, he did have some stints with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I said, he was the offensive coordinator for an overperforming Indianapolis Colts team. Um, and then you have a young quarterback, even though he hasn't been good on paper, in jail it hurts. So I, I just, there's not a lot to like about this team. Even, even the good players defensively, like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox are older now. Like Brandon Graham's 33 years old. Fletcher Cox is 30. He's going to be 31 in the middle of the season. Darius Slay, 31 years old, which is not great for quarterbacks. Like this is not a young defensive team. The players on the defense are, are just, you know, relics of a bygone era. And it's just not great. Not great. Uh, yeah, I think they're kind of just tanking. I mean, but if Jalen Hurts struggles, don't worry, Joe Flacco's there to pick up the slack. That's, I, I mean, over under, this is a good bet, over under four and a half games Joe Flacco appears in this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, probably over. That's, it always seems like Joe Flacco is playing – minutes because he just finds the bottom um and just decides that he's gonna you know do another showcase for a team that wants to tank with dignity i guess even though it doesn't look that great yeah so i i think they have talent wide receiver offensive line's good just how are you gonna get that and i like miles sanders um so I, i don't think their offense is terrible it's just what step forward does Jalen Hurts take with this new play caller? Um, and I don't know <laughs> if he is that it's, it's, good. It's tough, right? Because it's, it's, he's a mobile quarterback 
um, which is the way that the league is going. But like I said, he really hasn't shown me a lot um, in like he's going to be a guy that can lead drives. And he's like, he's not like a Lamar Jackson type game breaking type of quarterback. Yeah. He has some speed, but he's not like that quick, you know, like, like it's not like his rushing attributes outweigh the passing. So where he doesn't even need to be a good passer. Like he's going to need to do both. And the line, like you said, is great, but like, how long am I going to, you know, how long am I going to give uh, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson to play um, meaningful football on a team that, you know, is one and five or two and six to start the season. Right. And there's something to say that Carson Wentz isn't there anymore and he does have a new head coach. So he doesn't, he's kind of Jalen Hurts gets a fresh start. He doesn't have the whole drama of Carson, Carson Wentz there. So if, if they do get to like seven or eight wins with Nick rock, paper, scissors, Sirianni, I, I think they have the skill players to put up points and to get creative with the offense. I, I could, I could see a little surprise, a little surprise out of the Eagles. A little surprise Eagles. Wow. I just don't see it. Like, like when I was looking at this team and just like the vibe that I get out of, the team generally is that like it just screams to me like worst team like, like the Houston Texans were not where they are wherever you know whatever they're doing with Deshaun Watson and wherever they're whatever they're doing I don't know no one knows what they're doing um <laughs> but <laughs> I would I would say that the Philadelphia like I would bet the Philadelphia Eagles to be the worst team in the league I I, I what are the odds on that? The problem is the Houston Texans. They have like seven True. running back, like RB twos that like have played meaningful football, and then the rest of their team is just garbage. Fair. With no quarterback, and you know, and this is also ironically, the Eagles were the team that was most linked to Deshaun Watson, so what does that say about their, their trust in Jalen hurts that he's the guy? Uh, also true. So, I mean, if they do trade for Deshaun Watson though, then that's a different story. Deshaun Watson has made the playoffs with terrible teams <laughs> a few times in his career. Something you got to consider. I mean, I already have, I think, a hundred dollar New York Jets to win the Super Bowl future trying the same exact thing to try yeah. and project the Sean Watts. So I'm done with that. <laughs> okay. I do have I do have some Jets things too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that next episode on why you should be buying the Jets. Um, but yeah, I, I just there's too many negative vibes coming from this from this team, this locker room, the construct, like like I said. They're in a transition period, and I have not seen, especially in their coach, a way to uh, to come out of it quicker than, than the normal taking its course. So they still got a lot of shuffling to do. Cut Zach Ertz, trade Kelsey, cut Blaine, whatever you got to do. But um, I'm, I'm not buying the Eagles. So with that being said, let's wrap up the NFC East with our best bets. Uh, Terry, you can go first with your best bet. Um, just give us give us the odds and then the uh, the book that you're using. Uh, so my best bet is very boring. Uh, but I'm gonna take the Cowboys to win the division, plus one thirty. I think that's universal what their odds are. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll go next because that's what I'm taking too. Um, I, I try to get cute with the Giants. Uh, there's like a Cowboys Giants one two. Uh, doesn't matter the order of finish on BetMGM at like plus four fifty, just in case. Like, I don't know, Daniel Jones is the next coming of whoever he is comparable to. Um, Mark Brunel. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know, what, what you're going for that quarterback that was half decent and can run 
Um, I I just I, I think it's like you said, if if you are fading the Washington football team, which I'm sorry to say because I was all on the Washington football team last year, love Ron Rivera, and I'll be rooting for him, but if you are fading them for reasons that we outlined about 20 minutes earlier, the Cowboys are the only logical step and you're getting plus money on them. So I, I, I'm still kind of shocked you're getting plus money on the Cowboys to win the division. So I'm taking that. Yeah. I'm, I think we're all kind of there on the Cowboys. So rather than just being redundant, I will, I was looking at that as well, uh, Dom in regards to the top two finish, but instead of taking Cowboys, then giants, I'll do the, the dual forecast, any order, Cowboys, Giants, plus 350. Uh, not sure if there's a better line, but I'm seeing it on BetMGM. All right. That's the bet I, I did say. So um, Yeah. That was what <laughs> yeah, I, I was really confused. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's not what – yeah, I mean, you did what I said. Um, all right. NFC East is done. We like the Cowboys. Uh, we don't like any other of these teams. <laughs> Um, which is fair. I think that's like, like Terry said, it, it's going to be a public thought, but I think that, you know, sometimes the public's right. And it, it's last I, I, season. I really, Very I really, public. Yeah. I really can't make a, a case for any of these teams um, besides maybe the football team, but I'm not going against that 17 year trend. Um, but that's it for the NFC East, our best bets, Cowboys to win the division, Terry and I plus plus one thirty. And then Joe's taking the dual forecast, uh, Cowboys and Giants 1-2, any order at plus 350. We will see you next. I don't know when this is going to be released, but next for the AFC East, giving our Tri-State area some love, doing the, uh, the Eastern Divisions first. So on to the AFC East. Thanks for listening to the Ozcast Podcast. I'm Toledo, Joe Delara, Terry Takes, Brewster, Corey. Go Cowboys, I guess. Giddy up. Never made it as a wise man I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling And this is how you remind me of what I really am This is how you remind me of what I really am Look at this
time I do, it makes me 